0: Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! This is Losing Money with Andrew Bascom, a podcast where we gamble on everything and anything. On this episode, we are talking about March Madness and UFC 286. Oh my god, that's a lot. I am your host, Andrew Bascom. Let's lose some money. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Welcome to another episode of Losing Money with Andrew Bascom, the 164th episode to be exact. We have so much to discuss, like the NCAA tournament and UFC 286, and the many ways to lose money on it. But before we lose money on this episode, let's recap the ways that we lost money last week. It was the Oscars. It was a fight night. It was classic, classic combination, back-to-back events. Watch the Oscars, watch two men slap each other around... We had some picks for the Oscars, and we made some money. Oh, God, we made money last week? We made a lot of money last week. Best Actress, Michelle Yeoh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, minus 134, that was a win. Odds aren't great, but that's a win. Who cares? Best Actor, Brendan Frazier, The Whale, minus 160, that's a win. Also, again, not great odds, but whatever. Best Sporting Actress, Angela Bassett, that's our loss. Uh, plus 140, that would have been nice. That would have been a real feather in our cap. But for a 2-1 for the Oscars, that's totally fine. Where we made a ton of money is UFC Fight Night. Marab Davashvili okay so the whole episode last week I was saying Dav- Davashvili then you get to the then you get to the fight and all of a sudden they're pronouncing his name very differently all of a sudden now uh, this happens a lot this happens a lot especially with the Dagestani fighters uh, everyone kind of goes through a name change Ooh, even Ades- Adesanya's Adisenia. Adesanya. I, I hope I'm saying that right. But it seems like everyone gets popular enough and then they go, you know, that's not actually how you pronounce my name. Now that's totally fine, but you get one. You get to change it once. If John Jones comes John Jonas, that is totally fine, but you get one. So I'm gonna try my best here. Marab Dabash Wheelie. I think I did a good job there. Or I'm just going to do the classic UFC fight commentary thing where they just kind of go with the first name. They're like, yeah, you know what? That's tough. First name it is. So, Marab, you won at plus 220. Thank you. Oh, my God. And we had a via decision at plus 330. We had both. We had plus 220, plus 330. That's a four and one on the episode and plus seven units. What a win. Oh, my God. That was great. And just just commentary about Marab. Holy hell. He beat the hell out of Peter Yan. He picked him up and put him down. Actually, I will say... You know, we thought the cardio would be some of his strength going into the first time of a five-round fight. That's great. That exactly came true. I just Peter Jan's uh, takedown defense is very good. I just am amazed by Mirab's like un, unflinching conditioning. It's just unbelievable. So he made that look really easy, and so did Michelle Yeoh and Brendan Fraser and Angela Bassett. You're on warning. You're the reason we lost money. That's my final warning to Angela Bassett. You know, she knows what she did. But otherwise, everyone else won. We made a ton of money. That is fantastic. What a great way to build a bankroll as we go into one of the biggest losing money events of the year, March Madness. I am so excited to be talking about the tournament. That is all going to be talking about what we're doing for bet number one. Bet number two is UFC 286, a really good card out in jolly old England. Didn't like it either. And we're going to see the uh, Usman-Edwards rematch, 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 rematch. Third of the trilogy to see what's going to happen and how we can lose money on it. So stick with us. We're going to go to bet number one with March Madness and bet number two with UFC 286. Maybe the single greatest losing money sports event of the calendar year, the NCAA tournament. This is fantastic. It's weeks long too, which is one of the best parts about it. The Super Bowl is about five to six hours of losing money. And you're like, okay, yeah. I lost money. That's a great way of putting it. Uh, but for March Madness, it is these first couple days especially are like crack. There are so many games are coming at you all at once. You're trying to put all these bets down. And I would recommend please go to our, our Twitter account or Instagram account or TikTok account at Losing Money where we're gonna make free daily picks because there are so many picks we need to give out. In this one, we're gonna be talking about more future bets. Who's gonna win the region, who might win the tournament, and things to watch out for. So before we get all like giddy and hopped up on sugar and you know, trying to lose money on everything on the March Madness, let me give you a couple of warnings yes i am going to be the stern disciplinarian before everyone gets too excited before everyone jumps into the pool i'm like did everyone eat there was no running on the deck this is this kind of thing okay here are my warnings we love fading the public here at losing money this is one of the ways that we can guarantee that we make money and in march madness this is doubly true teams with 60 percent or more of the bets On the spread are 56 and 80 against the spread in the NCAA tournament since 2016. A $100 better on every one of those games would be down $2,800. Fade the public. And even more so, I see this rhetoric going around is just bet on the underdogs. Just blindly bet on the underdogs. The NCAA tournament has this weird betting theme to it. We visualize upsets when we look at the bracket. Everyone fills out the brackets. Which Cinderella is going to get to the end? Oh, my goodness. And then we take them to the betting window. And I see these betting trends a lot on sports betting social media that isn't Twitter, like Instagram or TikTok. Especially if, like, if you bet X in X events last year, you'd be up X units. And they usually fail to tell the whole story. And they purposely narrow the sample size to sound interesting and profitable. You know, no different than what we're talking about with Edwards and Usman. Like last year, it's like, if you had bet on Edwards going into round five for a knockout, you would be up this money. It's like, well, no one was going to do that. Okay, whatever. So is betting underdogs to win outright in March Madness actually a good idea? No. The NCAA tournament is not an underdogs event, especially in the betting market. It's a much chalkier than you think, which just goes against what so many people think. I have some numbers too. Let's just start with the against-the-spread number since 2005. As you'd expect, they're both unprofitable, with dogs performing just eight games better over the last 17 tournaments. So that's half a win per tourney. That's not nearly enough to even cover, like, the juice that you're trying to bet here. And if you look at single-digit spreads, the records are nearly identical. Dogs have covered one more game over the last 17 years than favorites. Okay, so what about the money line, you'd say? Well, great. You'd think the tournament would be prone to un- upright upsets, right? Yeah? But the data shows favorites are actually much a better bet. The th- thing's... Only improve slightly for dogs when you eliminate 16 seeds, but not by much. And obviously because 16 seeds never win. But you can even get to a break-even point when you only include 7 to 12 seeds where the underdogs as well. So if you're firing on a plus 250 dog throughout the tournament, you know, the ones that we actually think could win, you probably lost your shirt. And if you blindly bet on every team on the money line, you better be comfortable with betting every team. If you missed on St. Peter's, one of the runs that went on last year, and which I don't think anyone advocated for, you'd have lost your shirt. There are small sample size events like we're talking about with you know betting TikTok and betting Instagram where betting on the underdogs on the money line and not taking the points has worked out. But that's a very small sample size. It's been true in the college football season and especially in the national championship game. And it's true in the Super Bowl. The underdog either wins the game straight up or loses and doesn't cover the spread at an incredible rate in these settings. So it's not just March Madness. So tread carefully. If someone just tells you to blindly bet the underdog this week, you're going to lose your shirt. I think any strategy like that where it's just flat and going, this is what you do. Bet every underdog. It's just a guarantee to lose money. So we're going to choose a couple of winners from each region, a couple of bets here and there that we really like, that we want to talk about. And let's start with the West region and the winner that we think is going to be the Yukon Huskies at plus 450. When push comes to shove, I ultimately think Connecticut will come out of this region. You know, I, I've had money on them before the conference tournament. I felt good about them for a while. There's But there's just so many question marks surrounding the top seeds. And I really do think under uh, UConn is under in this whole thing. And they could have a relatively easy path to Elite Eight. Kansas is on a lot of people's betting tickets. I really don't blame people for that. But I think they have depth issues and they, they struggle on the offensive glass. Plus, their coach, Bill Self, who's an incredible coach, is just... What people have said is a heart attack recently. Like, I'm not trying to make light of this, but like, we don't know if he's going to be back. And I don't think that's like, if, if Bill Self is not back, that's a huge shot at Kansas too. You know, ultimately UConn is the only team that's fully healthy and was completely disrespected when it came to seeding. You know, they found their, they found their stride as of late. They finished the regular season on an eight and one run, the beast, Big East, and that's a sixth best offense and an 18th ranked defense from an efficiency perspective including a number one ranked offensive rebounding unit in the country. There's a lot to love about the the Huskies, and they're my favorite pick to come out of the region of death. I guess the the West is the region of death. I don't know. I've seen a couple of people talk about different regions. I think the West is really, really good, and getting plus 450 on what we think is the best team, we love that. UConn coming out of the West is going to be one of our bets. Let's get to the East. The East region is so strange this year, but strange is fun, right? For example, Memphis versus FAU might be the best first-round game of the tournament. And... What I cannot repeat enough until I'm blue in the face no human on the planet should believe in Purdue. Yeah, I just, oh, God, I hate Purdue. Chaos is sure to reign in this region, and with the chaos coming to opportunity. And with chaos comes opportunity, specifically betting opportunity. Let's break down the bracket from top to bottom. Okay, so the Purdue Boilermakers, they're number one at plus 300. Purdue will beat Texas Southern or FDU or whoever, but the Boilermakers draw the toughest seed in the second round matchup of any number one seed. How are the Purdue guards going to break down the Memphis press? I just don't know. And also, Purdue's just soft. I have lost so much money on Purdue this year. I am so sour on them. God, I hate them. They are trying. They're going to die to keep up with the Memphis' pace. So that's a game in the second round that we believe we'll see And that, at that point, we'll be betting on. But I just cannot, under any circumstances, recommend you betting on Purdue to win this region at plus 300. Ugh, God, I hate it. Okay, the one that we are going to be taking on is Marquette, the Golden Eagles, at plus 450. Another solid number, plus 450. Love it. I'm a little weary of backing Marquette, right? But, however, the biggest challenge of the Golden Eagles is probably their first-round matchup versus Vermont. Outside of that... I'm very low on anyone else Marquette would draw in the bottom half of the East region. And that includes Kansas State, which is a brutal first-round matchup versus Montana State and is struggling to hang on to the basketball. A potential Elite Eight matchup involves Purdue. Yes, unless the Boilermakers go down, which totally could happen because they suck. However, Marquette owns an excellent press defense and the Golden Eagles thrive on creating turnovers and turning them into transition buckets. Overall, Marquette might be the best offense in the country. And as we all know, great guard play plays well in the tournament. I'm probably not betting a ton on Marquette to escape the region cuz uh, as the current odds are available but the Golden Eagles are the team I expect can make it out of the east alive. We're going to be looking at them at plus 450. Let's get to the Midwest. This this one's a little this one's a little tough because this might be the place where we can't get away from the favorite. Houston Cougars at plus 125. I don't know. They look like the best one. I also it's Jim Nance's last uh March Madness, which good for him. He's been doing it forever. That's incredible. Also giving other people an opportunity. But where did Jim Nance go to college? Anyone know? Yes. He went to Houston. He went to the University of Houston. He is a Cougar. And could you imagine the little storybook ending his last Final Four talking about the Houston Cougars cutting down the nets? Eh, I can see it. I don't know. With Houston, you're getting the same team as always. The Cougars are a dominant defense. They excel at forcing, uh, opposing shot selection. And then they're athletic superhumans in transition and on the offensive glass. But it's just there's a reason Houston is the favorite to win the whole thing. And it's because the, Coug- the Cougars are the best team. And they're still tops on Ken Palm, which if you don't know about, you should be on Ken Palm. If you want to be that in college basketball, Ken Palm is an incredible statistical website that can show you how everyone is doing additionally it's a pretty solid draw for houston given that they sneak past a tricky uh northern kentucky zone and the cougars have pretty solid matchups the whole way neither illinois uh, or arkansas can shoot and neither will penetrate houston's like incredibly deadly interior defense it's a pretty good draw for the cougars and they have no value in betting a favorite and it's such an absurd event but unfortunately i think we're gonna bet chalk here so midwest region houston plus 125 and then the south let's talk about the south Alabama is rated for the top seed of the tournament. If Crimson Tide are going to win it all, they have to get past a couple of recent champs here with Virginia and Baylor, also in the South region. But our bet is going to be the number two seed, Arizona. Alabama deserves to be the top seed for the season. Absolutely, they've they've had an incredible year. And I'm not just not seeing much value in the Crimson Tide at that price. Beyond that, Arizona is another elite offensive team that comes to the game against Alabama that they can compete. I'm just not seeing much value with the Crimson Tide at this price. Beyond that, Arizona has another elite offensive team, so if it comes down to them against Alabama, they can compete. They are also, but not nearly as reliant on the three-point shooting. Princeton can always be a little tricky, but if they play Creighton squad with a seven-footer in the middle and blah, 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 they can match up there on their own. Arizona Wildcats plus 360 is the way that we're going to go on with the South. Like I said, this is only the tip of the iceberg right now for us uh, talking about the March Madness, so please go to WIB for our free daily picks, especially on Thursday morning because we are going to be posting a lot of picks. That's going to be our, our bets for right now for March Madness and the region winners. Let's go into bet number two and UFC 286. A trilogy fight for the ages takes place at UFC 286. Leon Edwards, 20 and 3, makes his first Walter Waite title defense against Kamaro Usman, 20 and 2, the man the Englishman stole the belt from last summer while winning the 2022 knockout of the year. This five round fight takes place this Saturday, March 18th on Edwards home soil of the O2 Arena in London England. The Challenger Usman is the minus 250 favorite. whoa leaving Edwards the champion might I remind you as a plus 200 underdog? Oh my God I don't it, we got somebody's got to look this up. What is the longest odds for a champion uh, going into a fight? like p- plus 200. oh my god. So in the last fight, UFC 278, Usman had the victory just completely in the bag. He fought his proper game and, and, and planned the entire evening, landing takedowns and dominating control time in the octagon. And by the fifth round, Edward's body and spirit were both crushed. Or so we thought. Then Leon pulled it out with fire with a minute left and shocked the world with a kick to the head. Obviously, that's what Usman needs to do to avoid. Like, I don't want to be like too shocking here. He needs to, go to avoid kick, getting kicked in the head. He needs to avoid getting knocked out. There you go. That's what you come here for the analysis for. But over the years, he's developed a habit of dipping his head when he throws strikes. He is in love with his overhand right bullshit. And I think it's just, it's kind of influencing his jabs. His his chin ducks every time he does it. It's so odd. And after constant years of domination, maybe you start to slip. I, I get it. But, but what Leon Edwards saw that day and what was so good is he caught him on the feint. He caught him with a feint going low and then a the high kick coming up. But for Usman, to win this fight, he needs to keep his guard high and he needs to be very cautious of how he enters range. Leon doesn't get a ton of love for his title upset. He's not a super exciting fighter. He's only had four stoppages in 15 UFC fights. But the 278 bout showed that the world, how technical he is. And for Leon to defend his belt, he'll need a better strategy for managing takedowns and fending off Usman's pressure on the fence. That's a real key to this fight. And I, like, because I just don't think lightning strikes twice with some kind of, like, incredible one-strike knockout. But... Usman is one of the best to do it in when it comes to wrestling. He, he really is on par with like GSP and I guess Habib and stuff like that for his percentage of takedowns. He's just incredibly good once he gets his hands on you. As much as I'd love to see another historic finish, I just honestly, I cannot bet on this. I cannot bet on a plus 200 Leon Edwards. I don't know. Maybe something will happen kind of bet. Even if Usman has lost a step, his like very hard no style should carry him to a five round victory. There's just no chance this turns into like a slugfest because that's not what Usman wants. He may not carry the belt, but he'll lug around plenty of champion like energy into the fight. He's still one of the greatest MMA fighters to ever do it. And Usman is not washed up yet. We can't avoid this. We're going to take Usman, but the the number at minus 250 sucks. I just, there's no way to make money on that. So we're going to go Usman to win via decision at plus 120 and the fight to go the distance at minus 170. How about that? Okay, so there are so many cart- good fights on this card. I want to be talking about the next one, which might be, I don't want to say steal the thunder from the main event, but this is probably the most exciting fight in the year. And that's when the lightweights Justin Gaethje and Rafael Fiziev step it in to what will be a, a guaranteed thriller. Honest to God. Fiziev ranked sixth in the uh, division is minus 225, with Gaethje ranked third is coming in at plus 200 underdog. Also very interesting. I know the rankings don't mean much, but that's very interesting odds on that one. Gagey always finds a way to inflict like an ungodly amount of punishment on his opponents while remarkably absorbing an equal amount of damage. (laughs) This is why he's been injured most of his career. It's thrilling and agonizing at the same time to watch and this bout versus uh, Fiziev could be one of the best fights of the year. You think... How does, how does Gaethje win here? Well, I think the blueprint is similar to Chandler at 268. He can set the tone early, destructive leg kicks, and when Fiziev almost certainly won't be prepared for it. And once he compromises his bow, like opponent's base, he can lean in and wing it, and that punishment over the years adds up. And I have faith that Gaethje's chin and cardio should hold up in this fight. God, he, he doesn't always fight smart, but his intangibles and his toughness as a brawler might carry him in this fight. But what is, wh- is Fiziev's argument here? That he's a technical, strong, good at wrestling. Everything that Gaethje is good at, right? Very capable uh, of unorthodox flying strikes. I just, I, it's, it's going to be a hell of a fight because they're so similar in so many ways. I've rarely been ever so excited for like a co-main event and this one should be absolutely bonkers. And because of the crazy, like unpredictable nature of this fight, I'm leaning towards the underdog Gaethje at plus 200 just because it's an underdog and plus 200 are really far numbers. These guys are going to stand and trade, meaning either fight just could go out at any time. And I wouldn't be surprised if either one scored a knockout. So, I'll snipe some value on Gechi for this fight at, at plus 200, like I said. But also, I imagine that this fight finishes inside the distance at a minus 165, helping us protect a little bit just in case Fiziev is the one that's got, you know, leather on face on that one. And uh, the last fight we want to be talking about here is Marva Vittori versus Roman Delice. Uh, it's, geez, it's, it's a really good middleweight fight here. Vitoria is the minus 250 favorite, and Delite is a plus 225 underdog. Pretty interesting numbers. Another far, far odds fight. I promise you, not every fight on this card is far odds. It's just the ones that we're looking at that we kind of feel like we have an angle on here. Vitori is the king of, like, a bull-like forward momentum, right? He's got a granite chin, he's unafraid of uh, taking a bit of punishment, and, it, like, he gains really good positioning. And Delice can crack a good hook, but Vittori should be safe with his regular strategy, and that probably explains the numbers here a little bit. Despite Delice's exciting style, I like Marvin to win via decision. He's more experienced, he is having gone the distance with Robert Whitaker, Bobby Knuckles, and Paulo Costa, so I don't think Delice breaks him here plus a minus 250. I just don't think that's the number we can be getting in. We probably will be throwing a parlay in here as well. Check, you know, once again, check out losing money WIB to see our ultimate card for this one. But at this point, we are going to be putting some money down for Vittori via decision at minus 120 and the fight to go the distance at minus 170. Woo, God. Okay, that's a lot of bets. Next segment, the recap. Okay, here are who we like for the March Madness to get out of each region. We're putting some money on the West for the Yukon Huskies at plus 450. East, Marquette Golden Eagles at plus 450. The Midwest, the Houston Cougars, plus 125. And South, the Arizona Wildcats at plus 360. Obviously, only one number one seed, probably not going to happen. But those numbers, you know, a few of those come in, you made your money. You're happy. For UFC 286, we have Usman to win via decision at plus 120 and the fight to go the distance at minus 170. We have Gaethje to win plus 200 and the fight to finish inside the distance at minus 165. Plus, we have Vittori by decision at minus 120 and the fight to go the distance at minus 170. What? God, that's a lot of ways to lose money. Subscribe to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom wherever you enjoy podcasts, and please give a subscribe and a like to at Losing Money WIB on either Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok where we make free daily bets. We'll be back on Friday to lose money on... Oh, the boys of summer are back. Major League Baseball. Our Major League Baseball preview is next week. Have fun losing money. We'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it.